0: Hi, I'm Waylon Revis from A Killer's Confession, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle Radio show. Uh, As you know, we're a veteran owned and operated podcast And this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me As a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety Just getting out and talking to people But uh, it does cost us some money So if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe We have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle That you can donate to Uh, Our Anchor Sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at today's boondoggle on Instagram Facebook Twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our YouTube channel our Rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe Comment and download. And please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code Boondog10 at checkout. So, Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran owned and operated company as well. So, please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code Boondog10. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening.
0: All right,
2: listen up, hold on to your seats, grab your girls, grab your beers! What's going on, it's Tommy Beck. you your listening to today's Brew This is Mark Metcalf, and you're listening to Dave Brew with the big domain. Radio.
0: You are listening to today's Moon with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato okay Kalen listens to this all the time. Welcome to today's Moon Now here's so host.
3: I am Monty Heath. So warm. Boondoggle. Hey, what's up? It's John from Skillet, and you're listening to Today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland
0: Radio.
4: What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with Today's Boondoggle. And a real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Odyssey or even Brighteon, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Apple, Google, any of those, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms out there, uh, please hit that subscribe button as well so we can continue to bring you the conversations that I'm about to give you right now. We're talking with uh, Maddox Messer of the band, Messer. What's going on? Oh, just hanging out like loose teeth here in Texas. (laughs) Nice, nice. And uh, so... Usually when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a little bit of a background. So do you remember, like, originally what you want to be when you grew up?
3: Oh, you know, I originally what I wanted to be. You know what? I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. That's my earliest remembrance of, like, I remember uh, seeing Howie Mandel back when he used to do, what? You know, that whole thing that he did, the kid voicing. And I remember going, that's what I want to do is make people laugh. And uh, I haven't done it yet, but, you know, I, I am working on it. Nice, nice. You're getting the stage presence down, though, in another way, right? I think it was just, you know, the power of being able to, uh, you know, evoke laughter or emotion. I didn't understand. I didn't know that I want. you know, back then when I was a kid, I didn't want to make people cry. But now, you know, uh, as a musician moving forward, that, that's like a that's a that's a high goal of mine is that if I can, uh, you know, evoke somebody uh, to tears with our music, then, you know, that's like a high compliment. So now are yeah, exactly. making people cry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, something that hits the heart, you know, yeah, the language yeah, of the heart. Of and then uh, speaking of music, do you remember like, uh, you know, around like what age you discovered music and when, uh, you know, what were some of the, the first artists that, you know, hooked you?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, you know, uh, as early as like 11, 12 years old wanting to play the electric guitar. Uh, I remember hearing uh, <clears throat> that intro to, to uh, um, I was for, I guess, for those about to rock on ACDC. And I was, I had to learn that intro. Uh, I had to play it. But uh, my dad was really a big influence uh, on me on musically. He was a big, he wasn't a musician per se, but uh, he was a uh, a big music fan, and we would go to the Sound Warehouse every week. Uh, and you know, I I can still smell the the smell of cellophane uh, if I really think about it, because you know that's how that store smelled. Kids will never understand what that was really like back then to walk in to a music store. Um, but from a very early age, my dad was really shoving stuff like Metallica stuff. Uh, Van Halen was a big influence. You know, he never just owned like one cassette tape or one record uh he would buy the whole catalog so like out of you know as early as as i remember i'd have like access to like all the early van halen stuff all the early metallica um acd so all the classic stuff the led zeppelins um i had a pretty good diet uh, of all of that nice and then uh when was it i mean you were
4: mentioned you know like how you are influenced by comedy you wanted to do uh you know, stand up. But when was it that, you know, music kind of became like what you wanted to pursue?
3: Well, uh, you know, in in my formative teenage years, I had the shitty garage band. Um, You know, we did Metallica covers. Uh, Then I got uh, really heavy uh, influence into some uh, heavier music, like Slayer and uh, uh, like Cannibal Corpse, like really, really deep stuff. Sepultura was a big influence on me uh, as a teenager, uh, believe it or not. And then, of course, being from from Arlington, Texas, growing up in Arlington, you know, I would see Vinny and Dimebag at the Walmart or the bowling alley, you know what I mean? So Pantera obviously had a a huge uh, presence in my life, but Um, I did the new metal rap rock era, uh, you know, early uh, days in the early, uh, was that, late nineties, early two thousands of like new metal and rap rock. I was in one of those bands with two white guys rapping, you know, I've done all that stuff, but, uh, to be honest with you, it was really, um, much, much later in life that I really wanted to, to actively just pursue music as a career. Um, and you know, it was post having a professional career day job kind of life, uh, you know, the whole suburban house thing. And I, I just left all that one day uh, just to, just to do this. And so uh haven't looked back. It's been 16, 17 years. I've been pursuing music as a full-time career and I don't want to change anything about that.
4: Nice. And then um, <clears throat> like, what was the music scene like in, in your uh, hometown?
3: Well, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we come from, you know, the, the, the land of Deep Ellum, you know, we have so much history, uh, not just with, with rock music, but we can go way back to uh, the blues days of like, uh, uh, you know, Blind Lemon, and um, uh, what was the guy, that, the John Hooker, uh, uh, John, was it, from Deep Ellum, there was Blind Lemon, that guy, and then uh, uh, the other, the other uh, blues, I can't remember his name, but we had, have a lot of uh, rich history with blues music but then you start to get into the the 90s and obviously i mentioned pantera but you can't go without mentioning drowning pool uh cj uh those guys are also you know dave rest in peace Dave, is also really good friends of ours um then you you know the toadies i mean you know there's so much uh erica badu i mean we the list goes on of what we had here in dallas to kind of pull from and and Uh, I'm very grateful for that and we're very very proud of you know being from Dallas-Fort Worth that's uh you know everywhere we go you know uh when we mention that people you know automatically go oh okay that's cool you know. Yeah I was
4: just uh down that way for uh, a uh, reunion with uh my old uh, Navy uh unit and uh of course me being a music guy you know I always try and check out the local venues and see uh you know what they have going on and i forget the name of like the little uh kind of like art district down there um but they they did one of those like uh like bike boat type rides where everybody sits around like a bar drinking and ride through town or whatever yeah. we hit all yeah. the places the are fun <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh and uh i saw I damn I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name of the one local venue down there. But my friends from Mushroomhead Head from Cleveland will be, be coming there
3: in October. Oh, trees whatever. probably. You're probably thinking of trees. Yeah. Uh, yeah, trees. That's in Deep Ellum. And trees, you're right. That is, you know, that's our I mean, it's where we cut our teeth. Uh that and another music venue, uh, that unfortunately we lost due to uh, gentrification. But there was a great venue called Curtain Club that was down in um uh right, right across the street from trees. But um, yeah, that's a, anybody who's ever come through Dallas at any, you know, when you're playing clubs, that's where you're playing at is trees first time through. And uh, my buddy Clint who owns that place, uh, just an incredible guy. Who's um, he's actually kind of credited with bringing back deep Elm Cause these deep Elm had gone through a cycle where it got bad. And it was like, nobody went down there. It was just like, you afraid you're going to get shot and stabbed in the dark alleys to kind of over gentrification where it is now um you know good or bad i have mixed emotions on on some of that stuff because we yeah. we lost like i said some uh historical venues and music venues uh for you know fancy restaurants and and things now so um,
4: yeah we got the same stuff that happens in areas of cleveland up here too right. everywhere. So, so many great uh venues i used to go to as a kid that are no longer you know around so it's kind so of sad. Near, like, me, uh, going through uh, the whole COVID, rock COVID thing fame. didn't help
3: What's oh that? yeah right you near the rock and roll hall of fame then um yeah yeah there yeah okay yeah so and we visited that thing uh, a couple of times and yeah, there's that little riverfront area that i that somebody was telling us has recently had undergone all the same kind of uh renovations and things down there it was it was nice and pleasant but you know Imagine if you were a local and you saw some of that, you probably had the same kind of mixed emotions about it too. Yeah,
4: exactly. We had an area called the Flats, you know, by the riverfront down there too. Yeah, and that's that, the
3: spot. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. And so you probably w- were at what the Odeon or something like that. The Odeon is
3: exactly where it was. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, that's yeah. gone now,
3: you know. Yeah. And I know. We used I used to have like
4: that's Peabody's down there, and you know, we've lost Peabody's a few years ago now, but yeah Mm -hmm. man it's tough so and and then if you want to go see shows it's either under the big live nation or AEG umbrellas Mm -hmm. it's hard to get Mm -hmm. into
3: corporate umbrellas
4: (laughs) options yeah options for the the local uh artists coming up you know independent artists but uh so like uh how did uh like
3: messer come together and well i mean that's a Uh, you know, a a lot of, uh, a series of a lot of serendipitous events is what happened. You know, that's why, how I know that uh, we're all meant to be doing this, but uh, you know, our drummer um, Kenny, he's actually from Canada. He's from uh, Ottawa and uh, he he literally broke down in Dallas, ran out of gas in his car back in like, uh, you know, 1990 something or another, and just kind of stayed here and never left. And uh, he had played in in another um, pretty well-known, um, regional band called Strangleweed and they were, you know, typical party and southern rock band. It was just always a good time, uh, you know, and, and of course, you know, Derek, he had been um, in a band called July Alley and they actually got signed uh, by uh, Sony um, back in like 98, 99 uh, by Nick Terzo, same guy who signed Alice Chains and uh, July Alley was a very similar sound to Alice Chains and uh, Nick uh you know left uh i think it was columbia and then he moved to sony but uh whichever one he went to he left that record label and uh and hey hey you want to come with me and Derek and his band said no nah, we're going to stay here they've been treating us really well well as soon as nick terzo uh left that label they shelved him. they said you know we already got a allison chains we don't need another allison chains you know what i mean so they, they essentially shelved his record and and uh you know he kind of went down to, you know that band kind of broke up and went down another path, but, um, it wasn't until, and I told you later in, in my life when I decided I wanted to pursue music full time that, um, I was just going through like the weekly, full, you know, we call it, it was like the Dallas observer, you know, it's like our local rag you pick up at the bar. And I saw, oh, you know, Kenny and, and, um, at the time, uh, Kenny and, uh, Derek and, uh, another uh, member, Javier, they were playing, uh, and with a different, um, bass player at a venue near my town and i knew uh kenny because i was in another band prior to that uh, with another uh, friend of mine who uh, happened to be on the same reality tv show with kenny you remember reality tv shows on mtv back in the day so yeah yeah when they started leaving the music, yeah the singer in my band yeah vh1 and all that stuff. So he and, and kenny they were on daisy of love together and uh so after post that show it was a real popular thing for agents to book guys from reality tv shows to go sit in these uh vodka lounges and they'd pay us stupid money to sit behind a rope you know and and just party and i had gone to several of these parties and met kenny and so i had a relationship when i saw that they were playing i went down um you know one thing led to another and uh uh, I was going to actually start playing guitar for them. Not even actually, wasn't even going to do bass? I was going to play guitar, but, um, we, you know, it was kind of magical. And, and I, you know, we just kind of had this kind of brainchild that, Hey, we need to, we need to do something with this. And, um, we started to, uh, play some shows locally. Um, and we were starting to write. And then, uh, you know, uh, my best friend, Chad, uh, Genderson, who's our producer and co-writer, uh, I had, uh showed him what we were doing and and um, he and I just started like, hey, let's go for it, you know, let's put a band together. Uh, so when we come, we wanted to come out of the womb fully developed, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, we kind of hid away for like four or five years in my studio here in Fort Worth and, uh, you know, came up with logos, came up with the, the songs, the images, what it was gonna look like, what it was gonna sound like, started just putting it all together uh, as well as our live show because our live show is kind of one of the things that we're uh, most notably known for um because we bring a lot of production in a very tiny package and people don't expect it and then when they see it they go oh my gosh how did you do all of that well we spent five years doing it before we ever showed anybody so uh, wow. a lot of computer programming automation like what nick is doing back here now because uh, we have new songs and we have to put the new songs in our set we need to have the lights Flashing so you know, we're doing all that stuff so that when we bring a messer show, whether it be in a club, an arena, or a stadium, uh, our show is gonna be, you know, as high quality as we could possibly get it. But it took a long time to do all of that. And um, you know, we uh, we we finally got the record done and the album came out uh uh 420 of 2019 and we started, you know, landed some tours with like Red and Lacey Sturm and um You nice toured all through uh, right up until 2020 and then at 2020 we were we were going to go to europe and start attacking europe and then obviously the pandemic happened and then that just kind of changed everything for everybody so um and now this is where we are you know uh post pandemic trying to get the wheels back in motion again but touring is like we mentioned you know aeg and live nation they they bought up everything or took over everything during the pandemic um you know a lot of people don't understand how that ticketing thing works and and uh you know the ticketmaster and aeg would offer money to these small clubs up front in the form of advances say here we'll advance you some money on future ticket sale fees uh so that you can book our our our, our productions our shows our bands that are under the live nation or aeg umbrella and uh when the pandemic pandemic happened and, and these small mom and pop venues couldn't no longer pay their monthly fees because they weren't having shows because shows were closed. Well, now AEG owns half a Deep Ellum, Live Nation, all these clubs, all the house of blues are all owned by Live Nation. Now uh, they took them over. Um, and so uh, my buddy Clint was one of those guys. He owned the bomb factory and in addition to trees and uh, you know, it, it, got taken over by aeg you know through the pandemic so and they decide who gets to play
4: then and who they, they decide everything because yeah.
3: you know uh the same guy who owns those venues owns the ticketing also owns the radio stations and the airwaves octane uh you know uh or Sirius Satellite. It's all owned by the same people you know what i mean so it's, it's very hard for independent bands to break through uh especially in the rock genre because uh you know the, the rock fan, as you and I know it, you know, um, we're probably about the same age and, and uh, you know, it, it's, there's a big disconnect. There always has been a disconnect between technology and the music listener and um, our peer groups. And they're, so they're late to coming to streaming. They're late to coming to YouTube. They're late to all these other things that the younger generations are just dominating on. And uh, like the TikToks and the. You know, I'm not going to be making dances on TikToks. You know what I mean? Not, I ain't doing. <laughs> either, You know, uh, I've had my I've had people riding me about you know follows on on
4: on my social media for the podcast, and I'm like, you know, I I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can, but you know, hopefully you kind of hope word of mouth or you know giving providing something that people want to, but promoting it and building follows. Like I've had a couple people that I've worked with in the past, like ah, well, we want to get you this interview, but you know, um, you you don't have the numbers or or whatever. You know, yeah. oh, luckily man. I've already established good relationships with people like Shauna. You right. know, and she's like, oh, she you know, get me whoever. Yeah. You know,
3: yeah, she she's great. And um and guys, Ed Bumpner, you know, he's another PR man. Have you ever ran, met, yeah, Ed? yeah, I've know, worked with know? Ed too. Um, worked with Ed a bunch in the past, and yeah, that's how I ended up doing all of these and meeting meeting people uh, like yourself. So I obviously some military influence. I'm looking at your, your screen here. Uh, I'm actually, uh, playing another group called Operation Rock the Troops, uh, which we actually, uh, it's like a charity thing that I do with my buddy, Matthew JC, who owns the charity. And we, uh, travel to different military bases and perform for our troops. I'm actually leaving Sunday, uh, for Ireland, um, to, uh, uh go on this, um, it's a music therapy excursion where, uh, you know, we've raised the money through the charity to, uh, to take six veterans, uh, you know, who have issues with PTSD and, you know, adjusting, adjusting getting back to civilian life still. Um, and uh, we're taking these six veterans with us to Ireland, uh, myself, Zach Malloy from the Nixons, and a few other uh, musicians from uh, uh, the Texas uh, area and uh, we're going to help these vets songwrite and tell their story uh over this period of seven days um in this amazing castle in kilkenny ireland uh where um from day one we're going to start the process and by the seventh day we're going to be performing at the set theater in dublin ireland with their songs and we're the band backing them up helping them do it all um and it's all being filmed for a Netflix, you know, a future Netflix documentary or a series called uh, Highway Home, and uh, um, we're doing this one in Ireland. There's one slated for uh, Alaska, one for Hawaii. Uh, I don't know how that one's going to go still or not, but, um, you know, but it's something that I like to do uh, to give back. Uh, my dad was a, uh, uh, a Purple Heart a veteran, a Vietnam veteran, and uh, was very proud of his service, and um this is the way that i like to you know honor him uh you know with my with my music in that you know keep his legacy going if you will
4: yeah what was the name of that organization operation rock the troops operation rock the troops uh, yeah, yeah i uh i do have you know veteran interviews i do on here quite a bit and a lot of them are uh you know veterans that you know have started other veteran organizations that i like mm-hmm. to help promote um I I know for me, like, I wouldn't be doing this right now um, if it wasn't for a lot of those veterans organizations after my my last deployment, you know, and this is still like a form of therapy for me, getting me out of my shell, talking with people. Um, But like originally, you know, it's like when I got home from my last deployment, man, I just, uh, you know, I got sober. And, uh, you know, which I'm, I'm grateful for, but it's also like, you know, then I got to start feeling and, and, and thinking about, Mm. you know, dealing with stuff. So then I just kind of like, you know, isolated for the longest time. And luckily through some of these veterans organizations, I started getting out and getting, you know, working on myself and working through my stuff and getting confidence. And then, you know, I used to be a concert promoter here in Cleveland, you know, years ago. So it's like two of the things that I've always loved, you know, and I just kind of okay, well I can still use my contacts in the industry and I can start having conversations like we're having now. And it, it talking to you is helping me, you know, and then I like learning more about organizations like that. I'd probably want to do a follow-up episode talking to whoever runs that
3: at some well, point. Definitely, you, know? you definitely want to talk to Matt. Matt JC is uh, one of my good buddies, but just somebody who's really just dedicated his whole life to this cause. Um, you know, he's and and there's been several incarnations, I mean, ultimately, you know, um, he's a filmmaker, at the end of the day, he's a filmmaker, he's a musician, but he's a filmmaker, and a storyteller, and, um, you know, making movies and documentaries is is even more complicated than making music, when it comes to how you fund those things, and, and, uh, you know, but we've had some uh, very good uh, uh, supporters through the years who have donated some, you know, real money to be able to do real stuff, to really do some real help and real, you know, um, real work. And, and I believe, uh, you know, music heals. I mean, that's why I do oh, it. yeah. music therapy for me. It's been therapy. It's what gets me through my day. It's literally the soundtrack to my life and uh, and your life as well. And, you know, the, the power of music, I, I understand, like I said, you know, I'm, I love I love making people cry because of the power of the music. And I and as a music maker, I understand on a, uh, you know, a physical level, the power of sound waves and how to manipulate them for good uh, to evoke goosebumps and those kinds of things. And uh, we've gotten really good at kind of honing that in. And um, as a performer, it's one of the things that I, I really love to, to to do more than anything is to really, you know, Uh, connect with the audience or you know the music listener, on that really you know emotional level so it's a powerful thing man it definitely is and like yeah like you were saying even with
4: the frequencies and everything getting those right you know to um because sometimes you know it can do the opposite you know it depends like what you're putting in your head you know and uh, especially when I would add a little alcohol to it, and then you know I'm I'm sitting there like over a breakup, listening to Nine Inch Nails. Things didn't yeah. always go good at the bar, sure. you
3: know. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell you a, a quick a quick story on one of the highlights of probably um, touring uh, for Operation Rock to troops was playing Fourth of July and at Fort Bragg. Um, have you ever know if you ever been through Fort Bragg or done any of that stuff? That, you know, but uh, you know, it's an incredible military base, and and it's where all the you know army rangers and all these really badass, you know, G.I. Joe guys are, you know, but we got to play 4th of July, um, and on the base in front of 50,000 military enlisted in their families. And, uh, one of the songs, you know, Mil- Operation Rocket Troops, we have original songs that are real, you know, pro-America, pro-military songs, but we also do a lot of cover songs in that, because it's just entertaining, for, you know, for the troops. Playing, uh, drowning pools bodies in front of 50,000 military and stepping yeah, yeah. into, stepping into that, that role, in that song, you know, were talking about powerful, like that song has such a connection with the military, you know, coming back from, from desert storm and, and all those, you know, that was like, that's what this was the soundtrack of that war. And um, it was just very powerful, you know, very powerful uh, to see how they reacted when we played that song, you know?
4: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I remember like when I was uh, deployed, um, we, uh, we would get, you know, some musicians that would come play our bass, entertain us and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was able to, uh, always, you know, stay involved, you know, I mean, my, my mission over there had nothing to do with entertainment, but I would volunteer for extra stuff. And I got to be like Scott Stapp from Creed security guard when he came through and he played He's for nice us, Everclear it. played for yeah. us. And, you know, I'm friends with art to this day. I love and, uh, art. We
3: we did a show in uh, Virginia with art um just uh, last summer, I believe, uh, in West Virginia. Um and uh what a what a great band still, you know, great songs too.
4: Yeah, and I, I know how much that means to us over there to get our heads out of, you know, you know, whatever, just to get that taste of home and forget about like, you know, some of the crap we're dealing with over there. And it was like really cool to, like I said, I get a little bit of a relationship with. Um, you know, talking with, with Scott when he was there. And it's like, I was missing my oldest daughter's birthday at home. And she, when she was born, like arms wide open came mm. out, you know, and that was mm-hmm. like our song. I was holding her, you know, that that was yeah. something that connected to me and I got to share that with them. And he, and he went ahead, he, he uh did a video for me singing, happy birthday to her, you know, that I got to send home and stuff. So there's, like, if wow. you look on YouTube, there's Scott Stapp singing happy birthday and he's singing to my, my daughter, you know,
3: it's, yeah, I was missing her. Yeah, you know, they always say you know you don't want to ever meet your heroes, but uh, you know, getting to tour, you know, we we spent two months, sixty days on tour with Scott and his his wife and his family and the band, and you know you get to know somebody. It's like being when you're, it's like you're deployed. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. kind of like that. You know, you've gone through something with somebody, so you've bonded through that that process. And to this day, I you know, uh, I, I got. I still have to go. I got Scott's steps phone number right here. I could just call Scott, you know what I mean? That's still kind of a, a, a pinching thing that I have to pinch myself because um Yeah, send him the YouTube
4: video. Say you just talked to the guy today. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs>
3: tell him that because I, I have actually we've been uh chatting texting back and forth because obviously we have a new single out. He's got a new single out. Go check out his single, uh higher power. Uh I think it's an incredible song. I'm really stoked for some new creed for him. Uh I'm sure something's in the works. We when we were on tour and we played uh Florida, we played Orlando. Um, there were some rumblings back at that one on that tour. Cause Scott, it was like, Hey, Scott's doing so good. We got to get this back together again. And, and so the seeds have been planted uh years ago, 2000, you know, 19, 2020 about this creed reunion. And I've just been hoping and praying that there's going to be actual dates outside of that cruise ship thing that they're doing. Uh, but I, I think there's too much money on the table for there not to be at some point. Oh I mean, yeah. It's a yeah. lot of money. I mean, who, and you know, we, I told Scott to his face back, you know, after shot, I said, you are what we need a rock. We need you. You're like, you know, we've lost all the Scott Weilands. We've lost, uh, you know, who else have we lost in the last couple of years? I mean, all the big rock stars, you know, uh, Chris Cornell and um, Chester, you know, Bennington. Chester Bennington, yeah. uh, you know, all, we need Scott to stay strong and stay sober and, and, uh, be the best version for, for, to help save rock music. Because, you know, I mean, I, he's the guy who can do it. If anybody can come in and do it, he's the guy that could do it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I, uh, you know, just for that personal, that, that memory he gave me over there, you know, awesome. and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe I'll get, hopefully I'll be able to get him on here some
3: point and, I you bet know? you can, uh, it's not, you know what I mean? He is, I bet you can, I guarantee you can ask Shauna. She'll make it happen. <laughs> All
4: right. Yeah. Shauna, Shauna. She's amazing. I love her. But uh, speaking of good, like uh rock song, Shauna would be mad at me if I didn't get to, uh, oh. you know, we are want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you guys uh, talk about classics that have influenced, I'm sure, you know, a lot of us along the way. You guys uh, just decided to take on uh, Brian Adams' uh, classic, Cuts Like a Knife, uh, out now. What what kind of uh, motivated that song for you guys? Well,
3: um, you know, I, I love, like, all the covers that, like, uh, guys like Tommy Vex and a lot of bands have been doing. And it's just been, it's so hard. Uh, to pick a cover that hasn't already been done. All the good ones, you know, like, oh, I wish we could have done that one. or wish we could have done that one, but it's so hard. Uh, but this one was just right in front of our face the whole time. And it just made, it just made sense. I mean, um, Knife is in our name. You know, it is the name of our band. And, and uh, what better band to take a stab at a classic like uh, Cuts Like a Knife than a band whose name literally is, is Knife. So uh, outside of that, uh i always thought derek's vocals had a uh there was a brian adams kind of peter satara kind of quality to them that just uh, harkened back to that era of uh the early you know mid 80s and um you know brian adams is a tough song like you know it's not like a it's like an overly complex song but it's the most well-written well-arranged you know i mean it's it's a classic hit for a reason you know what i mean like heck Brian Adams as a songwriter. I mean, he's written what five Kiss co-written five Kiss songs, something like that. Six, Close. you know, four or five. You know, so you don't realize how much of an influence Brian Adams actually has had on rock until you start digging deeper and understand that it's more than just his music. You know, uh, it's other music that he's co-written or written for other other artists as well. But you know. Cuts Like a Knife just happened to be the 40th anniversary of that album this year. Um, and Brian Adams just happened to be on tour. It's um, coming through my town here in Fort Worth. And every day on my way to my studio, I saw this big, giant, flashing billboard that would light up. You know, Brian Adams, Brian Adams, Brian Adams. And I saw this sign every day. And I was like, man, it just hit me. You know, this is the song we got to do. And... Um, Bobby and I actually started, you know, we started doing all the scratches on it and getting it all kind of laid out. And, uh, um, you know, Chad flew in from LA and, um, me and Bobby and Chad, uh, knocked that thing out and it turned out to be, um, a pretty darn good, pretty darn good song for us. I think, I think it was the right choice.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, enjoyed the video too. And, uh, I was reading that that's what, uh, you directed that as well. You want to talk about getting behind
3: that? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've actually, uh, either, you know, storyboarded or, uh, co-directed almost every music video that we've done. Um, this one, I was a little bit more hands-on with, uh, and I, I something I really enjoy doing, but, um, you know, I like the idea of taking something, um, that was just in here you know and and then haven't now it exists it's real now it's on the internet you know it's something that exists and that process of like you know creating that intellectual property if you will and um seeing it come to life is uh it's very cool um because that video is exactly what I visualized in my head when Bobby and I were sitting in here, like just, I mean, up to the day we were shooting it, we were like, okay, we get this scene, we get this shot, we get this shot. And uh, it's exactly shot for shot. It's so I, I, when I saw what the video come back with my Jeremy, who, who filmed it and edited it with me, when he brought me the first cut, it was like, I'd seen it a hundred times already. I've already seen this video, you know, because it's been just playing in my head and uh, that's how, uh, real it was and honestly cuts like a knife that's a heavy you know I mean, it's about a it's about getting your heart broken you know what i mean yeah. and uh, a, a lot of our messer songs have you know there's a really lot of good heavy meaning and you know some powerful message this one was just like we just wanted to have it fun this is a fun song the na-na's who doesn't love going you know singing na-na's you know what i mean so uh, <laughs> it's just about having a good time but also paying our respects to Brian Adams and to that time when music was just, like, good. You know what I mean? Um, videos, music videos. Like, I grew up watching MTV, and I could sit in one of those bars that playing music videos. I could sit in that bar and watch music videos all day long. You know what I mean? Every now and then I run yeah. across one, and I find myself going, oh, this is great. You know, that video um, had such a nostalgic feel to it, and, um, you know, we wanted to tip the hat uh, to that and um also like i said pay our respects to a great songwriter uh brian adams and of course jim valance who co-wrote that song with him as well let's not leave him out but um yeah and, and that was just a fun little studio we just happen to have across the street from my studios this uh, place called the bolt and it's one of those instagram you know it's built just for that to make videos and instagram yeah i was gonna
4: and, ask you where that final scene was at where everybody was uh you know
3: yeah that's just at the studio and then and then the house is just my house. That's just where I live. That's literally my house. <laughs> Don't tell nobody, I guess we're telling everybody now, but uh, that's just in front of my house. you know? <laughs> Here yeah. is where I live. Yeah. Uh, I was
4: watching that, that video and it's just like, man, I've been talking, you know, helping a buddy of mine. that's going through something similar right now, you know, with yeah. his, uh, his, yeah. his gal. And I'm, I was like, I wonder if I should send him
3: this. Well <laughs> <laughs> tell you what we could send him. We could, we could send him, we could send him a, a little messer knife. <laughs> there you go. You get yeah. the messer on there. there oh, just funny. so you that guys
0: got
3: your. Is that <laughs>
4: like your own brand really? Or no, that's just the name of, uh,
3: no, no, we, 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 um, you know, during the pandemic or well, even before that, but you know, Derek was always, um, uh, He makes knives, you know, you got into like the forged in fire and the guy, I can't remember the guy's name. He's actually a a Messer fan. He messages him all the time because they talk knives making. But um, I never, um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, it was such a, like I said, cuts like a knife. Messer means knife. It it was all just too serendipitous and all just made too much sense. And, you know, no one's buying CDs anymore, but we've been selling a ton of these guys. So, uh, you know, on the Internet. So (laughs) Messerfan.com. (laughs)
4: so that was uh so uh your last name in german means knife then exactly okay all right yeah well look at how that all worked out it's just like the the song was written for you before you even knew it
3: exactly that's what i said it was just too serendipitous to not to not do it you know what i mean it was right in front of us it was right in front of us the whole the whole time so um now, now here it
4: is so and then during the downtime to, to create extra income you guys were selling those
3: huh yeah well we're making them um and we're still doing it actually turned into a whole business uh called uh, two-headed dog knives that derek runs with uh, his buddy scott and uh you know they they're actually hand forging hand making like some re- i don't have one in the room here to show you but like a really nice custom uh knives and we do sell some of those um uh, you know at messerband.com they do like cool cutting boards and and things like that, but uh, it just made sense, and in this day and age, like I said, nobody's really buying music anymore, and we wanted to have something to commemorate the release of the song that wasn't just a t-shirt, so uh, it just made sense. We're actually sending them out with apples. We actually take the knife, uh, and we have these apples that we've all autographed, uh, this one's autographed by my daughter, but it's mine. Uh, <laughs> and then we just shove them right in these little foam apples and we ship them out just like that. And uh, well, we wrap them up, so they're safe, but, uh, yeah, so you can get that just, just like that from the video. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that,
4: um, that video is out now, uh, tell every, uh, recommend everybody, yeah. check it out on YouTube. Uh, your YouTube channel is, uh, Messer Band, or
3: yeah, I think we're everywhere. Pretty much at Messer Band, uh, Messer Rocks on the TikTok. Uh, so you know, I'm trying to get that. So go, go watch me. I'm doing TikTok dances. Um, and but yeah, Messer Band everywhere. There's also the behind the scenes making of uh, that we did, which really was just kind of um, a, a follow up, more a special message to Brian Adams. That 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 uh, behind the scenes video kind of is like was really just for Brian, but you can go watch it too. Um, right after you go watch the actual music video
4: nice and then um so like what kind of uh plans you guys got or goals you got now going forward as
3: you know things have gotten somewhat back to normal well we recently signed a uh, a new management deal with fm music management who have uh like testament saliva tommy vex there's a bunch of bands i can't think of all of them but we're uh any given sin they're on the management team so um we're really looking forward to next year getting out and touring with some of these bands um we do have more songs that are in the can like they're done you know and so we have more Stuff coming. We have another really incredible cover song that is a complete reimagining uh, of of itself. I'm not going to tease it any more than that because we're keeping this one really secret. But uh, and then we have some more original uh, Messer songs that we're real excited uh, to get out. Um, and I'm going to make some more music videos. I also just recently, um, Chad and I just remixed our entire back catalog in Dolby Atmos for a special Dolby Atmos spatial audio release of our entire back catalog for Apple Music and Amazon HD Music uh, for audiophiles. And that, you know, I'd I mentioned that I'm really into the frequencies and dialing that music in. And, and Atmos is a way to hear music um, in 3d in a way that you know if you haven't uh, experienced dolby atmos yet through spatial audio on apple music i highly recommend it um you're probably going what does that even mean but i'll promise you a year from now two years from now that'll be everywhere you go and every car you buy every stereo you buy will be a dolby atmos you'll see that logo uh, yeah you know the giant dome in las vegas that they just built that big sphere Sphere. i can't say right sphere that they just built the LED sphere. That whole sphere is a Dolby Atmos uh, music venue. It is the world's first ever purpose-built concert um, venue in Dolby Atmos. And you too is going to perform the very first concert in Dolby Atmos uh, there. And That's what all that is about. And basically, just means it's you're going to when you're listening to the music, you're going to feel like you're in the music.
4: Yeah, I yeah. had uh, Marcos from Pod on the show and their their new albums being recorded like that and Dolby Atmos so he was uh sharing a lot about the the same stuff you're saying so definitely looking forward to it's almost like going to the movie theater where you can hear the crickets in the background and all the you know stuff all over. As a
3: music maker you can get real creative with it um you know uh you know with some of the newer songs you know I mean we may you know, get creative with guitar solo stuff and really just kind of how we feel it. But right now it's really more about just making the listener feel immersed in the music. Um, you know, again, it's just all around you. It's incredible. It's cool that PODs, and we were actually the first band uh, that, well, the definitely the first band out of Texas to release anything in at Dolby Atmos. I know for a fact, no one's done that yet here. And so um, I like being first to market with stuff like that, you know? It's fun
4: yeah <laughs> nice and then um you know I, we've uh gone over uh, the 30 minutes but if you have a little bit more time i wanted to uh ask you some of the the questions i normally ask uh go for guests it. that sure. i have on um i mean we talked we've been talking about so many of the bands that uh you you were exposed to coming up but like today who would you say are your top three musical
3: artists um top three musical artists that are today well i'm that's a tough one because but i'm just gonna shoot you straight i i fucking love nickelback like i look up to those guys and everything they do sonically musically songwriting i love those guys the shinedown camp i can't get enough of what those guys are doing you know what i mean brent and zach and and uh, eric are just like every i look forward to every new shinedown song that that ever you know comes out those two for sure and, um, you know, I'm, I'm also, uh, I'm really into Godsmack. I can't get enough of Godsmack either. So those are probably, it's like three ones that I'm like really into right now. Uh, ironically, you know, and those are all pretty mainstream radio rock bands. And you probably wanted to hear me say something pretty obscure, but, uh, you know, I think these guys are all doing stuff at the highest level right now. You know what I mean? It's like, so good. Switching yeah. to the new Metallica concert. That was incredible, you know? Oh, yeah. You just went to that? Yeah, I just did. Yeah. Nice. I went to the Pantera day. I didn't go the day after, but, but uh, yeah. know, it was a big deal for Pantera to play here at home in Arlington. And, you know, it was a lot of politics behind the scenes of that whole thing that most people weren't really privy to understand what was going on. But, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, insider politics at the Pantera camp always.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I saw him uh, here at incarceration this year and, you know, it was good to hear the songs again, you know, it was good to hear the songs. I I was sharing with a friend last night, I think too. It's like, I had the pleasure, you know, Vinny and Dime were just one of a kind, man. They were just so personable. And I uh, had the pleasure of uh, hanging out with them a couple of times before cell phones, before cameras, you know, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I I could have had like a handheld camera or something, yeah. but I, I regret never getting a picture, but, yeah. uh, everything's on home video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, I had good, you know, good memories of those guys. And then, um, you know, I got to talk a lot with Rita. She's been on the road, yeah. you know, with Lovely them and everything. Yeah. So looking, yeah. uh, looking forward to catching it, catching it again. I think they're doing, doing the music justice, you know? So,
3: yeah. Uh, you know, Zach's doing, you know, Zach's doing a good job. I mean, I know we've toured with Zach as well. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's the right guy for that job because of, you know, Zach, Zach freaking wild. And, but, uh, you know, he's, he's putting his own spin on it and that's cool. Uh, I think a lot of some more purists are like, ah, he's missing notes here. He's missing notes there. But, you know, I think it's really more about the celebration of the legacy of those songs more than anything else. And um, it was really cool to see, a younger generation of young kids out there who are Pantera fans who are being brought to this concert, maybe by their parents and going, you know, look at this and, and see them just lose their mind to songs like, yeah. you know, Cowboys from hell or walk or, you know, uh, like I said, those songs are very powerful still. So. Yeah, I agree. And
4: then, um, who are uh, three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today?
3: Ooh, well, uh, my best friend, Chad, you know, a co-writer and producer, uh, you know, he's helped me, you know, tremendously grow as not just a person, but as a musician, but, but more as a leader, you know, learning, I didn't always, it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be a band leader and run a band. And, you know, I never, it wasn't part of my, I wasn't on my list of things to do, you know, I just wanted to play music, but, uh, I think, you know, he's super credited with helping me stay sane through all this process. Um, so that's a, it's a big one. Um, I'm only going to say it's because my daughter's sitting right here, but my daughter inspires me every day and helps me be a better person. She's always, you know, making sure I'm not offending people and not saying the wrong <laughs> <You're> thing. <in laughs> but, uh, I learn a lot from her. A I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid to learn from younger, younger generations. I, I'm not that type of, of, uh, of guy who's like, ah, it's my way or the highway. I'm like, if you've got a better way, let me know, you know, I'm willing to learn. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, have uh, recently read Rick Rubin's book, you know, I've been big fan of, of Rick Rubin, um, and his way, his philosophy of making music. So I've just gotten kind of more into philosophy of, of leadership and music making, um, kind of through the pandemic. I was like, I need to embrace this and lean more into that aspect of my life. Uh, you know, because it's easy to build up resentment when you're, you know, if you're not careful, I don't want to be full oh, yeah. of resentment and anger.
4: Yeah, I agree. And and I'm a I'm a girl dad myself. I got two daughters and, you know, they, oh, they you know, the trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But uh but yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I had to re relearn how to, you know, uh, uh, about a lot. of They taught me a lot about myself, you know. Sure. And I'm definitely grateful. Uh, for every day try and be a better better man than i was the day before you know
3: thousand percent
4: yeah and then um favorite this this one i like asking takes takes everybody way back but favorite toy as a child
3: oh man okay favorite toy as a child who well i would probably have to say you know i mean grew up really before video games were really a thing so it wasn't really video games for me it was like my my bmx bike or my skateboard you know i mean i grew up skating and riding riding bmx so uh i was i'd probably have to say my bicycle because i was on my bike all the time you know i was gone you know i was you know that story we sell our kids saturday morning bowl of cereal out the door not home until the street lights come on you know that was definitely my childhood we were down at the creek making dirt jumps, you know, doing, doing whatever, you know what I mean?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The good old days, man. The good old days as we like (laughs) to say. (laughs) And then, um, we've talked, uh, you know, we've mentioned the military and your involvement with the veterans organizations on here, but, uh, any message you have for our military members currently serving overseas?
3: Well, for one, you know, uh, to express my gratitude and appreciation for the sacrifices that uh, are being made um, for our freedom. And, uh, you know, I do still have family that are still in active duty in the military and, um, you know, that's, it, uh, like I guess that's something that's very close to my heart. My dad was a, you know, Purple Heart recipient and a Vietnam veteran and uh, I never, you know, I don't think i'd send me to, to to serve our country in that regard and i have so much respect for those people who make that sacrifice um because without them you know i mean we couldn't be here doing this or or anything i couldn't be sitting in my fancy studio in fort worth making music all day long so um it's always on the back of my mind all the time so i just want to say thank you and i'm going to continue doing my best to make music that inspires um uh, positivity and and love into the universe and we'll keep doing that
4: nice yeah i got a uh, you know a good friend that uh like i said i was down there for a reunion um earlier this this summer and uh a guy that became like a brother to me on my last deployment actually lives down there so when i was coming to the reunion he's like don't even bother you know, paying for the hotel room that everybody's staying at. You're staying with me at my house and my family. And you know, uh, he he works at the uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, airport there. Okay, and stuff. but uh,
3: nice DFW, um, nice.
4: Yeah, good. uh Good dude, man. Big. I, he came up for my welcome home party, which was like all these bands that, when Peabody's was still open up here. You know, nice. all these bands played played for me and uh got him into so many so much music he's from puerto rico so it was funny getting him into like rock and metal and stuff like that so you have to uh, turn
3: him on to messer
4: yeah i will that's what i'm saying man i'll try and get him
3: get him connected with you guys you know yeah for sure and also operation rock the troops which were based out of dallas here as well too so um you know if there's any you know we're always doing events locally um, with that fundraisers uh, you know, whatever we got to do to, to help uh, supporting the troops uh, through that organization. So,
4: yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get them connected. I actually, I sent you a, a message in the private chat, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, connect, uh, you know, down the line, talk about that, the operation rock, the troops and, and stuff sure. like that. Um, For sure. And then um, like, You've mentioned it a few times, but if uh, you know any of the audience out there is kind of new to hearing about Messer and wants to know more, support what you guys are doing, uh, check out more stuff, where would you send them?
3: I would definitely send them to MesserBand.com. You're going to find all the links, all the videos, all the music, all the history, the pictures, everything at MesserBand.com. It's M-E-S-S-E-R-B-A-N-D. Awesome. Maddox, man. Thank
4: you so much for your time, dude. It was really good uh, talking to you. It's good to hear uh, what you guys got going on. And yeah, hopefully we can continue this conversation uh,
3: going forward. Yeah, anytime, man. We're going to have some more music coming out and, um, you know, you'll be on you'll be on the list and we'll connect outside of this thing um, as well. So uh, like I said, thank you so much for, for having us on and uh, supporting what we do. All right, man. Take care. All right. Cheers.
2: y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Houdago. and the name is dream nutrition so if you're looking to empower your human vitality well then you come to the right place with over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products Dream nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, proteins, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran owned and operated company today. And today's Boondog fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code Boondog10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10. And checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash boondog10. And remember, dream is not spelled like Dream Daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your brand from today's boondog will send you
4: thank you for listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please be sure to check out our website domaincle.com or todaysboondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives Follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. And please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash Today's Boondoggle, as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify apple podcast google play spreaker and all the other podcast platforms out there please email us with any questions suggestions and comments via todaysboondoggle at gmail.com leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word thanks again for listening
2: for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical
0: shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing and tuning into today's boondoggle.